The Women Like You podcast would like to acknowledge Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people as the traditional owners of the land we walk on. We pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging. and you go, what is wrong with me? I cannot seem to make this stick. It feels awful. Maybe I'm just lazy. We have this evolutionary bias to rest when we're not finding a mate, finding a feed or outrunning our prey. Hello and welcome to Women Like You, the podcast for women who hate working out but know they should. I'm Sarah, I'm a GP and I work in fertility and women's health. And I'm Gab and I'm a radio producer and journalist. Over the last 12 months, we've gone from lifelong exercise slots to women who actually work out on the reg. Yes, and we want to help you with your health and fitness too. On this episode, we'll take a look at why you're so lazy when it comes to exercise. And some of the mind-bending lengths people are going to to make sure they exercise. But first, Sarah, why are we actually doing this podcast? Well, I think that we want to change the way we think about exercise and to help people find ways to incorporate it into their day-to-day lives because it actually is so important for our health. Yes, and I was we, we love a good stat. We were digging through some ABS health data uh, and apparently based on self-reported data from the 2017-18 National Health Survey, more than half of adults didn't participate in sufficient physical activity and women are more likely than men to be insufficiently active. I think they're more likely to be busy too. Very, very busy. So it's re- it's really interesting because that's obviously, yeah, over one and a half, so 59%, well, definitely over one and a half, 59% of women compared to 50% of men, insufficient exercise. What are some of, like, so, okay, if I continue my lifelong sloth ways and I don't get sufficient amounts of exercise into my life, what is the future that I'm heading towards? What are the, some, some of the health issues that I'm looking at down the track? I think some of the biggest ones that we can really make good steps to avoid, diabetes. So type 2 diabetes is increasingly common because we are dealing with an increasing uh, population of those that are obese and overweight and inactive. Um, I think we're going to see more ischemic heart disease. We're going to see more vascular dementia. No one wants dementia. No. Women especially are at risk of losing bone density and developing osteoporosis, and uh, and they're also going to lose muscle mass, which just you know increases our risk of falls and increases our risk of you know all sorts of musculoskeletal problems as well. Yeah. So wow. there are plenty of reasons to exercise, and I think that one of the big differences as you get older is that you start to think about exercise in terms of health rather than exercise in terms of weight loss. Yes, that's what been one of the biggest. Uh, things for you and I is uh, in this whole process of becoming women who work out regularly is that we've stopped thinking about necessarily the scales. We've stopped thinking about how we physically look. We've stopped thinking about the aesthetics of exercise, which is something that we've always thought was the reason to. At least we're trying to. (laughs) At least we're trying to. But it is. It's a real change in in mentality Mm. and one that I think, in a sense, I think it becomes a bit easier as you get older because you do get a sense that time is ticking and that, you know, in order for us to enjoy our 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, et cetera, we need to start thinking about our fitness now. Yeah. It's like putting in, if, if you're putting away uh, money into a bank and hoping to earn 
compound interest. You're hoping, you know, it's kind of like super, literally not, it's like yeah. superannuation. Not, You're putting money away, earning interest on it so that when you no retire. There is no saving for your superannuation <laughs> at the age of 63. Yes. You know, like that's the thing. It's like it's something that we do automatically, you know, and, and our employers have to do it for us um, and it's just sitting there compounding and hopefully over our entire lifetime we'll have enough, you know, money to retire on and live a nice end of life phase. But we're not doing the same thing with our fitness. No. And, and and if you are doing that with your superannuation, then you want to be fit by the time yes, you get to spend it. So you can actually enjoy it. That's the thing. Absolutely. And you know what? I think the other thing we, uh, that um, is the reason why you kind of have that light bulb moment when you get a bit older about exercise and it not necessarily being about weight loss uh, for women in particular is that um, things start to hurt more. Things break mm. down a little more. You know, like you actually start to, for the first time in your life to go, oh, I've got neck and shoulder pain. I've got lower back pain. You know, it, it, the things start to happen. You go, oh, maybe I maybe. should think about maybe I need to to reframe this a little bit yeah so one of the big things that happened um for me in the last few weeks uh which was terrifying was that um I started to go back into working from the office a lot more and the thing is when you and I started this fitness journey it happened for me during COVID uh, when I was working from home mm-hmm. and what I was able to do, I never stopped the amount of work I was doing. Um, that never slowed down. But what slightly changed in my life was that I didn't have the commute time or the getting ready for work time in the morning and the ex- necessarily the like super exhausted, you know, commute home in the evenings. Mm. So I used that time as my exercise time and then when I was able to kind of do that on the reg and then it just became a habit and then it just became a part Which of my life. awesome. That's yeah, fantastic. It was really great. So then I started to panic thinking about going into the office again more regularly because I was like, shit, like when am I going to fit this in? I'm not a morning person. I'm not going to be able to get up super early to make sure that I get the exercise in, you know, to get it yeah. done before work so that I can then still have enough time to shower and make myself look presentable and then get on, get on a train and then walk to work. Yeah, all those little things. That was a real that was a real kind of nightmare for me over the last few weeks. I'll tell you very soon how I how I dealt with that. <laughs> well, no. But you had a different experience. Well, yeah. And I was I was thinking about how so I I never worked from home. I think I worked from home for a couple of weeks when COVID hit big time and uh, and we were no longer doing um consults in the office. But I was back in the office full time from the end of March last year. So my environmental change wasn't the same as yours. But I did get to have time off over Christmas, which was amazing. And, uh, and my husband and I just decided to go on epic walks. So you, <laughs> like, and I mean, for, for, again, for for a non-exerciser like myself, they were pretty epic walks. We just you were like whole days of, yeah, yeah. of walking. Yeah. You were like texting me from like the Harbour Bridge. Like I've already clocked up thirty kilometers. <laughs> Maybe not thirty, <laughs> but um, but I, you know, I I suddenly found a real joy in these kind of long, luxurious, relaxed walks. And then I realised that I was going to go back to the office again and I wasn't going to have that opportunity anymore. So I had to think about how I was going to continue to incorporate those walks because I love them. Mm. And so I had to change my systems. So I know we're banging on about systems again. <laughs> and uh, and if you, if you clocked episode one, we very much talked about how goals are not the answer mm. and that we actually need to, to get systems in place so that we can build habits and then we can optimise those habits down the track. Mm-hmm. So I realised that if I wanted to continue to walk regularly... And was, get the benefits and the joy from walking that yeah, you get. I'm, I, was, I was going to have to to relook at those systems again. 
And so for me, the way that I've actually done that this year is that I've left the car at home. So, really? Yeah. So I am very fortunate that I had previously been able to drive to work and had a car space at work, which I appreciate. Not everybody has that luxury. But this year I've just gone, no, bugger it. Let's, you know, let's walk to the train station, catch the train, quick walk to work. But I'm getting a good oh, 20 minutes of walk in each morning and another 20 minutes of walk in each afternoon. Which is heaps. And it's glorious. Mm. I love it. So you're still getting, it's almost like when you take the holiday and, and then you're like, oh, I feel so relaxed after this holiday, but I don't want to lose the holiday zen. Like how do I, how do I find moments I, in my yeah. you know, everyday life to still have that holiday zen? It's, a, it's the same thing with, you know, you found this incredible exercise that you actually quite enjoyed doing and, and got some amazing benefits from on your holiday. Mm. How do I keep that going in my everyday life? And I was also having some fairly significant musculoskeletal issues before Christmas. Mm -hmm. I remember I had a yes. I had a dud numb you had leg. A leg that wasn't working all of a sudden. <laughs> I had a leg that failed to work. And uh, and I, I should laugh, but yeah, yeah like it was yeah, it was it, like we were like how is it happening? And I saw yes. neurologists, I saw physiotherapists, I saw specialized pelvic floor physiotherapists and at the end of the day, I think it was all of the walking that actually helped me to recover from that particular injury and I just wasn't prepared to give that up again. <laughs> So it was great. You furiously held Furious. on to the walking. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. I mean, um, I, we're going to go back to, I'm going to go back to systems again and setting up systems and habits yep. because that's exactly what I did. So freaking out about starting to go back into the office, I'm, I'm terrified about, you know, going back into my old ways of being exhausted in the mornings, like in a, I'm in a mad rush in the mornings and then exhausted after work and I'm not going to be able to fit my exercise in the way I've been able to working from home. So what I did was I went back to the drawing board. How did I start my exercise habit in the first place? It wasn't because I had all of this miraculous spare time at either end of the day because I am perfectly capable of wasting lots of time by lying on the couch and scrolling the gram. So I bloody it, love it. it, it yeah, exactly. <laughs> it wasn't actually that I had all this time. Mm. It was because I set up a habit of getting dressed into my exercise gear first thing in the morning and then stacking that habit straight onto coffee and then straight into exercise. So I literally just went back to the drawing board, back to ground zero, and I did that on, on, on a Monday morning when I knew I had a hideous day of work ahead of me, lots of meetings, lots of very pressing things coming at me. I went to bed the night before, put my exercise clothes beside the bedroom door, got up in the morning, two-minute hack, put those exercise clothes on, went straight out into the lounge room, really struggled to stay awake. I was lying on the couch. What time was it? Was I woke up at 6, I think, mm -hmm. which for me is phenomenal. But, I, like, I woke up at 6 and I was lying on the couch and I probably lay there trying to keep my eyes open for, like, 40 minutes of like, you know, that real, like yeah, your you eyes gotta are retrain closing. It, yeah, you've got to retrain it. It's not going to come naturally. <laughs> and my eyes are just like, stop, what are you doing? Go back to bed. And I effectively kind of did go back to bed just on a different sleeping option. Oh. Uh, and then at 7am, I was like, no, like you're up. You've got your clothes on. You've got this far. You're going to feel so much better today if you do something. Yep. And I squeezed in a 20-minute yoga session, which, uh, which had some spicy, some spicy moves, but also lots of nice breathing and just lots of stretching. And I actually felt amazing. And then I had my shower, I had my brekkie, I got on the train, I got to work and, and for the rest of the day, I was so happy that I did it. And, and it, again, it's just about going, 
not freaking out and going, oh my god, it's I'm going to lose it. You know, back in the office, I've I've lost my my mummy time. My the, you know, I've lost, lost the things. Your mojo. That, yeah, I've lost the things that working from home was giving me. But actually, even when you're working from home, even when you have um, a, a, a kind of a, an environment change of some sort. Mm. It's not giving you or ta- giving you anything or taking anything away. It's still your choice as to how you kind of use that time. And the best way, if you want to squeeze exercise in, is to set up a habit of some yeah. sort that's and just, easy and achievable. And, and if your environment changes, which it inevitably will, we'll move houses, we'll be on holidays, we'll whatever the case change might jobs, be. Change change hours, all kinds of stuff. It's very easy to drop that habit. So if you can foresee that there's an environmental change coming up in your life, then go back, have a look at what your habit is and work out how you can adjust that habit so that you don't lose the habit. Mm. So I don't know if this is how you've always felt about exercise, but when I think back on my life and the amount of times I've started and stopped, one of the things that always kind of I always thought about myself was like, A, that it was me, that it was something wrong with me, mm. that I was one of those people who wasn't able to go to the gym. Um, but I also just thought, yeah, that it was a willpower thing or that that it, that I was just lazy. Maybe I'm just lazy. Yeah, I remember when I first started going to, uh, to a gym back in Brisbane that, um, and I'd try and get there before work and you'd just see all of these obviously highly motivated and totally non-lazy people that were clearly there every morning and just like, all right, there is something biologically different yes. about me because What's I do not want to be here. And they're all ready to roll. Yeah. What like what you look at that and you go, what is wrong with me? I cannot seem to make this stick. It feels awful. Maybe I'm just lazy. I'm just a lazy person. Maybe you are. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just not as good. I'm just not as good at I often, that's actually something I've said to myself, I'm not as good at life as other people. Yeah, which is pretty stupid (laughs) because, no, well, you excel at life in a thousand different ways. Like you're great at your job, you're a great friend, you're a great cook, you're like, I actually just said that so that you would tell me all the things that I'm really amazing at. So keep going. Oh, no, I'm out. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But but that's the thing, like... yeah, the very fact that you have just decided that you're terrible at life because you can't master this one particular this one thing. thing. Mm. Do I achiever much? <laughs> Shut up. Well, not <laughs> enough, not good enough because I haven't been able to achiever enough. But, you know, it, like coming back to our discussion from last episode about atomic habits, um, one of the things that really stood out to me reading James Clear's book is this idea of um, human biology and how our kind of predisposition is to actually conserve energy. And it really spoke to me. And I'm going to stop trying, I'm going to stop like absolutely murdering the science so that you can, um, (laughs) so that you can say it properly with proper science words and stuff. But like, that's something that at the time I was like, holy shit, maybe I'm not lazy. Maybe I'm, maybe you're not lazy. Maybe Maybe you are. (laughs) Maybe Maybe you're conserving energy. Evolutionarily adapted. To this. Okay, talk to me about right. being evolutionary adapted. All right, so there was a great article that came out a few years ago now, but I think it's still relevant um, by Daniel Lieberman, who is the head of the Department of Human Evolution and Biology at Harvard University. Sounds like knows, yeah. some, th- knows some things. Yep. He's a dude. Mm-hmm. Um, and this paper is called Is Exercise Really Medicine? An Evolutionary Perspective. We'll pop a link to it down the bottom wherever you've in clicked the to place. hear us in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think sort of the nuts and bolts of this article was that we all know 
that being active is good for us. Mm-hmm. And I think we hear a lot of doctors and media and whatever talk about... Not those doctors. They're the worst. Um, <laughs> talk about that, you know, talk talk to us about how important exercise is for us and that we need to think of exercise almost like a form of medicine. Mm-hmm. But the reality is that there's a huge exercise paradox. We know that it's something that we need to do, but you quoted the stats earlier. 59, we don't do it. 59% of us aren't doing it. Yeah, or, so, or doing it insufficiently. We're doing it insufficiently. Yeah. And so he took a bit of a deep dive into, into the history books to have a think about why that might be the case. And the reality is that from an evolutionary perspective, humans, like all animals, we are adapted to be physically active, but for specific reasons. What, what, okay. So we want, we, we want to be active so that we can go and find resources, you know, go and find food to survive. Mm-hmm. We want to be active so that we can find a mate, so that we can reproduce and... Yeah. Allow, made sure the species survives. Exactly. Yep. And we also need to be active enough to outrun whoever's trying to eat us. Right. How many of those things do you do on a daily basis? <laughs> like modern Gab, living in a modern society. I can go to a supermarket at any time and, and get food. So I've got food. Yep. I've got You can just use Uber Eats. Boom. Uh, don't even have to go. Done. <laughs> can come to me. Uh, I have a running water source, a clean running water source. Mm-hmm. We're very privileged to live in a first world country that has that. Um, I You already have a mate. I have a mate. But I don't have to find one. Tinder. That's Boom. it. <laughs> Again, other other things that uh, allow me to find a mate. And what was the other thing? Avoiding, Running away yeah, from things that want prey. to kill me. Uh, I mean, sometimes in Australia it can get a little dicey, but to be fair, to be like, fair you're not it's really probably going type to... 2 diabetes yeah. or ischemic heart disease that's going to kill us. And you you can run not away a, from them not if you run. a saber-toothed tiger. <laughs> no, but exactly. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I think it's fair to say that the reasons that we were adapted to be physical in the first place... Don't, don't exist. They don't really apply in our modern lives. But as much as we were adapted to be physical creatures for those reasons, mm-hmm. we were also very much adapted to conserve energy when we weren't doing those things. So, like, as in, it's okay to sleep. That's right. Shit. Yeah. Wow, okay. Or if you have had a meal and mm-hmm. you have fed your little ones, rest up. You don't want to spend any energy unnecessarily because you don't know where your next meal is coming from. Right. So you're actually adapted. In this modern world, our bodies are kind of adapted to go, well, we're sorted. Time to rest. (laughs) Time to rest. Time to rest until that next, you know, woolly mammoth comes along. And, like, further to that, there's, like, there's some really good evidence that, you know, the hunter-gatherers of our past, the women were especially adapted to store fat Mm -hmm. because not only were they generally pregnant and breastfeeding, which both have an enormous, you know, energy requirements. Yeah. They were also in charge of feeding the rest of the feeding the rest of the tribe, mm-hmm. and so they did not want to spend any unnecessary energy because literally that's just zero literally fucks to give. wasting yep. energy. Just wow. as just as you know, your mum went around and clicked off all the lights at home when you were a kid, saving energy. Yep, they were saving energy too. So we have this evolutionary bias to rest when we're not finding a mate, finding a feed, or outrunning our prey. What? Which makes me feel so much better about being a lazy person because now I can say science says actually I am very evolutionarily uh, adapted. You're just highly evolved. Thank you. That's the (laughs) point. 
Evolved, and all I could come up with was evolutionarily adapted to be smart energy. and stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, well, that makes me feel amazing, actually. Yeah, apart from so, actually, not you're being... not a lazy shit. <laughs> you are an evolutionary queen. Wow. Okay. So that really kind of flips the idea that we've had. Like when you do go to the gym and you see um, other people and you go, wow, they've just, they've just figured it out. They have mm. figured it out. And I have not, I'm a lazy piece of shit that actually, sure. They figured out something. Yeah. But I think, I think very likely what they've figured out is ways to incorporate daily habits, <laughs> sort out some systems so that they actually already have their gym get ready in the morning. They've already got a plan of what they want to do. The gym or, is close to work or the gym yeah, is on the way or whatever. They've designed their environment and their systems to allow them to exercise relatively easily. Yeah, wow. So they, they would they would just they're just further along the journey they're, they're, than we are. They're further along the journey. Yeah. Further evolved. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we can all get there. Like we, we can all get there. And actually, yeah, this idea that um you're somehow lesser or, or shitter or lazier or whatever or unmotivated or don't have the willpower actually no. doesn't hold up. No. You it, it's not about willpower. It's not about being lazy. It's about systems. Systems are sexy. Science says. Science is sexy. Science is sexy. <laughs> I want to do science. Don't put that in the podcast. <laughs> going in, mate. I'm the editor, so suck it. Sarah, sometimes in the world of uh, health and fitness, there's just some weird shit that you see, um, <laughs> weird trends that pop up, weird articles that are published. Uh, I love them. I love this weird shit out there. Like, I don't suggest that you do this no. weird shit that's out there. But, but we I can do, have a laugh about I it. I do love a good fitness fad or a good <laughs> diet fad. I mean, don't know about you, but I love eating baby food. <laughs> <laughs> We'll cover that one on a, di- on a different episode. Why baby food means you're highly evolved. Okay, I, I have something that I want to um, I want to try for you. So mm-hmm. if you would just look into my eyes, let my words wash over you. You're getting very sleepy, horny. No. <laughs> <laughs> you get you're getting very calm. I want you to breathe in deeply now. Fill your chest and lungs. I want you to go and smash a high-intensity interval training session every day this week. No, it didn't work. No. Okay. Damn it. The reason why I'm hypnotising you is because I saw an article the other week, It, it uh, an article in The Guardian by Deborah Francis-White, who's a comedian. She's a writer and she's the host of the Guilty Feminist podcast. Um, so the article is called Is Your Willpower Failing? I tried hypnotherapy and it worked almost too well. Now, willpower aside, I think we've we've kind of already touched a little bit on why willpower is a piece of shit, but I thought it was really interesting. So during lockdown, uh, Deborah Francis-White decided that um, she would use this time to just get a bit better at life. And so for her, that was like, stop being messy, you know, hit deadlines, that kind of stuff. That was her approach. Some of us baked bread. You and I did exercise. Yep. She did something completely different. So she uh, sussed out a a New York hypnotherapist to do some sessions with. This sounds expensive. (laughs) It does, actually. (laughs) But, you know, went into an article for The Guardian. So, you know, obviously maybe it was a payback. Payback. Um, (laughs) Shout out to our friends of The Guardian. Um, uh, Yeah, long story short, she went in. She did it. She did a series of sessions. Uh, She believes that it worked. 
um, and she can see a noticeable difference in her life, so much so that her, a couple of her friends have actually also now gone to hypnotherapy and they're, they're applying it to different things in their life. One is, uh, I think, applying it to health and fitness, somebody else to, you know, walking more, whatever. Wow. I, honestly, I would never have thought of it. Yeah, well, I did a quick Google because I was like, this is this is wild. This is a, this is a new one that we Ooh. haven't kind of come across before. And if you Google like hypnotherapy for exercise or whatever, there is no shortage of articles that come up. Um, there's there's one, uh, there's a journalist who wanted to kind of get the the Hugh Jackman ripped body and so he did it for for fitness. He went to hypnotherapy. Um, there's a, an Does Aussie. Does he now think he's Hugh Jackman? <laughs> No. no, there's an Aussie, there's an Aussie uh, journo who um, who did the same thing. She tried it for you know getting more active. Um, there's a, an, an actor who basically actually went to hypnotherapy to help her anxiety and her OCD. Um, and when like she performance told anxiety and I don't know, I think it was just a just general anxiety in life, anxiety yeah. disorder. Um, and so she, but when she told her hypnotherapist that she hates exercise, that her therapist said, "Well, you've got it. Like we've got to work on that because exercise is a huge part of helping with anxiety and mental health." Yeah, absolutely. And so he hypnotherapized her. Hypnotherapized. Now I'm just making up words. He hypnotized her, and then all of a sudden, like the next week, she was getting up at six a.m. every day and furiously working out, and to the point where if she missed a session, she would make up for it the next day and do That's two amazing. sessions, that kind of stuff, right? Um, which also sort of maybe sounded like we just transferred some of the anxiety into exercise. But yeah. she was happy about it. I've had uh, I've had patients who've definitely had success using hypnotherapy for specific phobias. Mm. So, you know, fear of flying, yes. fear of spiders, that kind of thing. And, uh, and I've definitely had patients who have had success using hypnotherapy as a motivational change technique for quitting smoking or quitting alcohol or drugs, but I haven't ever had any experience with using it for exercise. exercise. Yeah. Well, um, it's interesting that you you mentioned that about certain phobias because I remember um, listening to a Sinead O'Connor interview many years ago and she was someone who never came out to Australia for so many years because she had such a fear of flying and and she actually said uh, that she went to hypnotherapy in order to overcome that and she did because... I was listening to the interview and it was recorded in Australia. Um, on your Sinead. Yeah, she's a legend. Um, but no yeah. one compares to you. So, so Sorry. <laughs> Apparently um, a lot of the stuff that I was reading about hypnosis is that it is used to deal with, you know, anxiety, stress, OCD, obviously phobias, that kind of stuff. Um, it sort of takes you into, yeah, a more meditative state. So there is apparently some similarities between meditation and calming the mind and what happens with hypnosis. Hmm. Um, a lot of the people other than uh, Deborah Francis-White from The Guardian or who wrote the article for The Guardian, um, a lot of the journos that I read who kind of used themselves as the crash test dummies were like, look, I, I, I you know, I sort of, I would notice a slight sort of change like the Hugh Jackman guy was like, I definitely wasn't ripped like Hugh Jackman in a month, but I did find myself kind of I had the urge to go and work out you know I had the urge just a just a subtle kind of need to go to the gym and you know more often than not I would and the Australian journalist said that you know she she interestingly got into a habit of bringing her gym gear to work Hmm. and joined a gym literally 30 seconds from her office door and she said nine times out of ten she ended up going to the gym after work um and but but she didn't she couldn't tell whether it was because of the hypnotherapy yeah, it's really interesting, or whether it? it's just because she changed her perspective, yeah. almost like that pl- placebo effect of I've gone and to hypnotherapy and so now, so I'm, now I'm all gonna, of a sudden I'm doing I'm it. I'm doing yeah. it. 
I mean, there's some really there's some really good data on intention implementation, which is where you go. Look, I'm going to exercise on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. I'm going to do it at location A, B, or C. I'm going to do it between these hours, and I'm going to do specifically this. And, and if you say it out loud to yourself, saying it out loud or writing it down, that the likelihood of you actually going through with that plan, if you've made an intensive, like if you've really put it out there, you're, you know, the chances of you actually going through with that is heaps higher than yeah. if you just go, yeah, I'm going to try and do some exercise. I'm going to do more week. exercise this week. Yeah, that's actually interesting. So you I say that if that whole, you know, implementation intention theory is actually partly kind of linked in with this hypnosis. Yeah, I've gone to a hypnotherapist in order to, because I want to exercise more mm. or because I want to, you know, be less messy or whatever. Um, you've almost sort of said it and you've probably then said it out loud to a professional, a yeah. trained professional, and you're really kind of making that commitment at that point. Yeah, um, yeah it's really interesting. There, there is that that pointing and calling thing in uh, the the Atomic Habits book, which uh, it talks about the, um, the New York subway example. So in Japan, in their... Um, railway system they've got like some of the um the least amount of accidents or incidents in the world on their rail system and it's because they have this point and call process where every single train operator either on the train or on the platform they point at different systems and they say it out loud and Mm -hmm. they all do these checks constantly every single day and apparently it massively reduced the amount of incidents by a huge amount and then when the uh new york subway um uh people did kind of like implemented the same process apparently like yeah their incidence drops dropped by like a huge percentage because definitely something that's done in in hospitals particularly around surgery yeah of course well yes yeah say it out loud yeah Yeah. we're going to amputate left leg (laughs) point at left leg Right, the letter L on the left leg. Yep. Everybody knows that it's the left leg. It. Yep. Don't want to accidentally amputate the, the right, right leg. leg. Yes. Okay. So, so it is actually a thing. And yeah, you're absolutely right. I wonder if it's, it's more to do with um, the fact that you've actually just said out loud, "I want to do more exercise," as opposed to the hypnotherapy. You've re- you've already really bought in. Um, having said that, I was going to say, would you have a crack? I oh, look. I part of me is terrified. Like. <laughs> Because do you think we just have this totally messed up idea of what hypnosis actually yes. is just because we think we're going to be a chicken at the it's end like of it? like clucking chicken on the stick. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I'm I a think chicken so. I look, I, I think I would be keen to try it, uh, but I'm also quite apprehensive about the idea <laughs> of it. But I also think, you know, if you if you have the budget and that's something that you want to try, it sounds like there's lots of people who've done done it very successfully and it's very legitimate. Yeah, there um, are also some good legitimate uh, hypnosis centres around the country. So I know that there are probably some not so A bit legit, more wishy-washy, yeah, yeah. pink crystals type yeah, yeah, yeah. vibes. Charger crystals under the moon. Um, but I think there are also some legit uh, psychotherapists and psychologists and psychiatrists who are trained in proper medical hypnotherapy. So check it out. Yeah. You know, if it is something that you want to have a look at, definitely, uh, especially if it's within your budget. But I would also say um, for anyone who that's not accessible to, I I also don't think that you necessarily need to overhaul your life, spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars on hypnotherapy. Again, we're going to be like, you know, we're just going to be saying the same thing over and over again. It's just about coming back to get it, like finding that habit 
building that habit and doing it every single day. Absolutely. Optimize the habit down the track, but keep repeating it. Don't skip your habit. You got this. You've got it. And you know, that's the thing when, when life throws a spanner, you know, like, like returning to work after working from home for so long, it's just about coming back to what was the thing that I was able to do. There's going to be so much stimulus and so much data that gets thrown at you all the time in different circumstances. Bring it back to all I need to do is put my shoes on and walk out the door or all I need to do is you know, go to sleep in my gym gear and get up and get onto the yoga mat in the morning. All I need to do is get up and get dressed. Whatever it is, just do that. Two minutes. Two minutes. No hypnosis. <laughs> Look into my eyes. Look into my eyes. I'm going to hypnotize you with my gorgeous singing. Um, I also just think, you know, final takeaways. Yeah. Some people are going to extreme lengths. Forking out forking out heaps of money for hip, hypnotherapy. Uh, and that's fine if you want to do that. Uh, but I, w- the biggest thing that I learned today is that I'm not lazy. You're not lazy. You're <laughs> an evolutionary queen. You are. You're highly evolved. <laughs> I love that so Don't much. fight. Don't fight nature. <laughs> work with your nature. Oh, work with nature. I'm learning again. That's another takeaway. Um, so after our first episode, uh, my sister, your sister-in-law was in it the first episode, Kelly, Kelly the amazing legend. Kelly. legend. We love you. And I played, well, I asked my sister-in-law to listen to the episode one uh, and she loved it. Um, and she loved that, you know, we we had sort of talked to Kel about some of the things that she could do. And Elle, my sister-in-law, wanted a little bit of a challenge. She said that maybe if we if we set a challenge each episode, that would be something that she would find quite useful. She is a bloody legend. She is too. a bloody legend. I'm not going to lie. So, but she's also a bloody busy woman. Very busy. And also I know that um, exercise is something that is just not, a, has not been able, has not been a priority um, and has just not been something that, um, like you and I, was was never enjoyable uh, and, and certainly was something that could just be pushed down the list of things that you need to do. Um, but it's something that Elle definitely wants to do more of. So um, I think the challenge for this week, carrying on from um, what we set Kel last week, was the two-minute habit. I think if, if you can find what your two-minute habit is every day, just do that for the next week mm-hmm. and then we'll check in. And, yeah, tell, tell us about how that two-minute habit is going. All right. Well, I'm, I'm going to reinstitute my two-minute habit Yeah. because, you know, habits – are only as good as the person that actually gets up and does them. That's it. You get what you repeat. Get what you repeat. And my habit was get on the mat. So for the next seven days, I promise you, I will get my gym gear on and I will get to the mat. Yes. Yoga mat, that is. What other mat would there be? I don't, I don't know. know. Matt LeBlanc. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say, like a man <laughs> named Matt standing <laughs> there. Get on it. Yeah, anyway. But yes. <laughs> Get on the yoga mat. That's my habit. Just get on the mat. Cool. Cool. That's your two minutes. Mm-hmm. My two minutes um, that I'm definitely getting back to, especially now that I'm back in the office more, is getting up, getting straight into my exercise gear. Whatever happens after that point, hopefully is exercise or useful. <laughs> if it's not, I'm just getting back into that. But the habit, re yeah, reintegrate that habit into your daily life. The Women Like You podcast is produced by me, Gab Burke, and music is by Hamish Camilleri. Thank you for stopping by. Make sure you like, follow, and share with a kick-ass woman in your life. You can get in touch with us on Instagram at Women Like You Podcast. We would love to hear your experiences with exercise and getting fit. I'm Gab. And I'm Sarah. And on the next episode, we'll look at how much exercise you actually need to do. Yes. All right. Done. Done. I love you. I love you too. Bye. Bye-bye. So highly evolved. 
Highly evolved. Highly evolved.